Lou? Oh, here you go. Mine's working. Okay. <laughs> Did you want to do the introduction? You, you introduce yourself. Okay. So I'm Amber Jones. Um, quite a lot of you know me, but for those who don't, I'm Amber. Um, <laughs> my dad's a pastor in the church, and I've been here my whole life. Um, yeah, and it's a pleasure to speak to you guys today. <laughs> I'm, I'm Molly. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm 17, um, and I'm part of the youth. Uh, most people know me, like Amber, by my parents, Steve and Tammy Bigu, but I'd like to be my own person now. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, how this is going to work is I'm going to say some stuff, I'm just going to say some stuff, I'm going to say some stuff, I'm just going to say some stuff. It'll be cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've forgotten my Bible. Yeah, that might be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. It's on my phone. Okay. So, today we are reading from Mark 9, verses 33 to 42. Um, we're going to read it out first. Um, and you can open your Bibles um, um, as well. So, yeah, the backdrop of this passage is Jesus uh, has literally just revealed himself as the Messiah to his disciples. Um, but earlier on, the disciples failed to cast out a demon, and Jesus was rebuking them for lack of faith. So, currently, they've got quite a lot to digest as they're walking down uh, the road to Jerusalem. And this is what their conversation turns to. Okay. So they came to Capernaum. When, when he was in the house, he asked them, what are you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way, they, they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, anyone who wants to be first must be last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he had placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop, because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name, because you belong to the Messiah, will certainly not lose their reward. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large milestone were hung around their neck and they'd be thrown into the sea. I really like that story. I find it, it's, it's quite amusing because at the beginning, they're, they're all talking about, oh, who's going to be the best, who's going to be the greatest? And then Jesus is like, uh, what were you talking about? And in the message version, it says, the silence was deafening. <laughs> uh, so this, um, the first part um, that I'm going to talk about is the whole idea of the first being last and the last being first. Um, now, when I was at school, I'm still at school, but <laughs> uh, I went to the King's School. Um, and the funny thing about going to a Christian school is that people often like to use Bible verses for things that they're not really supposed to be useful. <laughs> like, <laughs> and one of these was the first should be last and the, first should, uh, the last should be first. So uh, imagine... Uh, King School Sports Day, everyone's running, and the justified winners getting their medal, and all the other people feeling a little bit bitter, sort of go up to them and say, well, you know, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last, so we win! And then the person will go, well, but then, if you're now the first and I'm the last, then I'm now the first and you're the last. 
it is a crazy idea if you think about it. In what world is the first person going to be last? Uh, it's in the opinion of the world, it's insane. It's very difficult to grasp for people who, for some people. Um, so, like in my religious studies class, uh, whenever we talk about the verse "love your neighbor" and it being one of the greatest commandments, you know, they say they say, "Oh, that's so nice, isn't it? So lovely. It's, it's just a wonderful idea." Well, it's not. It's not just a wonderful idea. It's completely life-changing. The fact that we have to love our enemies and Pray for those who persecute us. Love our neighbors. Loving people who it's really, really hard to love. And putting ourselves lower than others. In, in uh, our selfish human nature does not want us to do that at all. The fact that instead of monetary success equaling greatness, uh, it's service that counts in the kingdom of heaven. It's not those who are rich and powerful but uh, that will receive the greatest reward, but people who care about others God's not going to say, oh, well done, good and faithful servant. You reached the highest tax percentile. He's going to say, what matters in the kingdom of earth does not matter to him. What matters to him is even the really small things matter, that you cared about someone down the road uh, with a chronic illness. You took time out of your holiday to go help your friend move house. You even bake your neighbor a cake. Like verse 41 says, anyone who gives you a cup of water, like that's a really small thing. But um, in my name, because you belong to Christ, will certainly lose his reward. Even small acts of service matter. And it sounds simple in words, and you're just helping people out, be nice to people, help them. That's, but that's not how it works, really. Our human nature is always fighting against it. Human nature literally corrupts everything. Even praying. I'm just thinking about this. Have you ever got the feeling? When someone asks you to pray for something, and then, but that thing is exactly what you don't want to happen in the situation. It's very awkward because you can't say, no, I don't want to pray for that. And, and then when you do come to pray for it, you, you, you can't be like, no, no, God, let them be wrong. And, but you also don't want to pray, yeah, let that thing happen. So what I do, it's kind of like a weird Christian loophole. <laughs> it's, Lord, let your will be done. And you're so Christian and you're like, yes, yes. <laughs> no, it's... it's selfish human nature so what do we have to do we have to choose to be obedient to God and be humble enough to realize that we can't do it alone that we need to follow his example and he's given us the perfect perfect example the king of the entire universe chose to become one of the most vulnerable most smelly creatures on earth a baby (laughs) This is the king of the universe. He chose to be born amongst animals, poop, straw, to a peasant woman in an oppressed country. He spent the first few years of his life as a refugee. He moved to a district uh, which people widely considered that nothing good could ever come out of. That's kind of like what people in Oxford say about Swindon. (laughs) (laughs) The king of the universe decides to die a criminal's death. His life would really appear unremarkable to the eye, but God chose that for us, and that is the perfect, perfect example of living a life of service, of what being last instead of first, from going from first to absolute last. He was a man who could have had every material possession he wanted, all the human glory and power that he wanted, but instead he chose to show us that there's more to life than that, 
service is more valuable than success. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then moving on from verse 35 onto verse 37. So I'm just going to read it out. Um, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. So this passage links very well to what, or it's explaining or giving an example of what Molly has just said. Um, so whoever welcomes one of these little children... You must be willing and humble to put yourself at the bottom. So what Molly has just said, children are at the bottom of society. You don't think they can do much. Like, you know how... When little children... As a little child, as a small person, um, I don't... Or I found it really annoying when people said to me, oh, sorry, you can't do that. You're not old enough yet. Being a child is... You're innocent, vulnerable. You're at the bottom... And you, to be serving God, you need to serve the people at the bottom. You need to put yourself last to be serving the God of all, because that's what he did. Um, So Jesus uses this very strong image to show you have to be humble to do great things. And you need, if you want to teach or serve you need to be humble. So if you can't go into a teaching environment and think, oh, I'm better than all these little children because then the children will learn to be like you, um, which is not really how teaching works. Um, yeah. And then the whole little children idea, he continues this image on further into the passage, links to verse 42, where Jesus describes us as little children. So verse 42 says, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large milestone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. So basically, it would be better for you to die than to cause a little child to hurt themselves, hurt the knee, all over. And this also shows that we... As his believers, his children, we don't have the right to be mean or cause other children, other our brothers and sisters, other followers who fall and stumble as well. We should be humble, like little children, and ready to follow him, Jesus, no matter what. Because as little children, you don't know what's right. So you, you look up and you follow the one who knows all. Um, and as a teacher, that's what you do. You set a good example. And as little children, we little children, we should look up to God and follow him. Um, yeah, so this, the whole, we have no right to cause each other to stumble because it's not our right, it's Jesus' right. Um, causes, it links to the next verse, which is verse 40. Yeah. Um, so... In the next part of the story, Jesus, uh, I think it's John actually, John talks to Jesus and says, oh, there was a guy who was casting out demons on the road, but we told him to stop because he's not one of us. Um, and this, this reminded me of something, that sometimes in the Christian world, we do like to get a little bit critical of other denominations. 
it would probably feature somewhere on the list if the um, family fortunes topic was things Christians do other than churchy stuff. Number one, obviously, being eating lots of quiche. <laughs> but why are we so critical of other churches, like saying, are oh, they, they do this the wrong way? Um, I'm just going to read verse 38 to 41 again, if it will load. Um, right. <laughs> Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For forever who is not against for, for whoever sorry is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. Why did the disciples stop this guy? Why are they bringing it up to Jesus? They stopped him from trying to help someone just because he wasn't part of their group. Imagine if we went around stopping other churches from running charities or things like that just because we don't share the same kind of theology. Obviously, that's really important. But what, what's more important, I think, is working together with others and putting aside our differences. So yeah, why are the disciples so mad at this guy? Well, uh, something I read suggested that they could be jealous of him. I mean, earlier on, they just failed at casting a demon out of a boy. So imagine people went off and said, oh, these disciples, they're not very good at what they do, but this guy has got so much more faith in them. That would make them look a little bit bad. Maybe they felt threatened. So instead of welcome, welcoming him in, deciding to share what they have with him, they reject him and tell him to stop. Now, I'm not suggesting that we're jealous of other churches, but instead of criticizing one another, shouldn't be willing to learn from one another. And it's the same in our own lives too. Can we sometimes be critical of one another when actually we have a lot to learn from each other? Uh, have there been times when we've not been the best of people and we've not listened to others just because we want to look good, because we think we're right because of our own insecurities about looking bad? Um, we have to be willing to say actually, I don't know everything. The only person that does is God. And we all need help. We don't have to be the best. And in a world where striving to be the best feels like everything. I mean, like for me in school, often your worth feels quite tied to numbers and letters on a piece of paper. It's really hard to let go of the idea. But we have the creator of the universe on our side. He can help us. He listens and yeah, he'll help us become more like him.